0: Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Find chapter 25. We have no notes to give you tonight, which is generally our custom, but we'd encourage you to take them as it will help you to remember what is preached to you. We don't have canned messages I don't subscribe to a magazine that gives me 52 messages, one for every day of the week. Really, around here, there's five or six messages that are preached during the week. They just don't have magazines anyway. They would give you anything that's got life on it. And what the Holy Spirit might say tonight, and that's what we were just sort of waiting for, because I kept hearing... I kept... All uh, oh, sit down. Praise God. Be blessed. <laughs> I kept hearing... I kept hearing... I've, I've been hearing these uh, words from the Lord about taking the land. And I've preached series on possessing the land. And about, about, about a conquest. And completing the conquest. And in fact, I've preached a message on completing the conquest. He said, what conquest is that? Well... If you look at the taking of the promised land in the Old Testament, you'll see that Joshua didn't finish the job. Amen. Uh, he was supposed to evict all of the Canaanites as their sin had come to its fullness. Uh, but he didn't do it. They didn't finish the job. They didn't, they didn't complete the conquest of the land. And it's a sad thing when you read out of the book of Joshua and see that they never finished it. And so these... Enemies of God remained in the land for even generations. Yeah. And in every generation, God raises up revivalists. God will raise up people that are like John the Baptist. Yeah. And if you look in the Old Testament, there's many apostolic prophetic teams. But there really is none better or more powerful in my mind than the prophet Samuel and David. Yeah as an apostolic and prophetic team. And Samuel, it says that none of his words fell to the ground. I mean, that's that's something. I think many of our words fall to the ground. Amen. You know, you're not supposed to speak anything except that which would be the releasing of grace. And sometimes we're saying so much more. Really, the only way the devil can speak is to use your mouth. Yeah, on. On. he's been he's been renting some of your mouths for for years you need to just evict him amen
1: yeah.
0: and so samuel comes and the purpose of samuel while well, he selected saul who was chosen really by the people they wanted the king god wanted to be their king he wanted to be a theocracy but but they wouldn't have that. They wanted to be the United nations that are all around them. And so they chose Saul who failed miserably. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. And he was a, a fine looking king. But he was moved by the opinions of people. And he sacrificed and disobeyed the Lord. And eventually lost the anointing, lost the grace, lost the power of God to rule the people. And so Samuel, this great prophet, comes to Bethlehem. And they say, is it well? When he's coming, is it well? Because weather patterns changed when this guy showed up. I mean, we're talking a serious, heavy-hitting prophet Samuel, the only, well, the, the, the one that was promised by Hannah, dedicated and grown up in the temple under Eli. The purpose, I believe, of Samuel was really to find the David, and David was a man after God's own heart. It was ruddy and handsome, a shepherd's boy. God saw him when he was in when he was out in the in the field with the sheep. He saw him playing his harp. He saw him calling out to God. He saw him calling out when the lion came. He saw him leaning upon him when the bear came. And as Samuel comes and he, anoint, and he goes to anoint David, David wasn't even there. He had a highly dysfunctional family. won't ask you to raise your hand. If you came from one, I think all of us came from a dysfunctional family. You know, you just got to get healed. The truth is your parents can't give you what they don't have. So there's no sense standing in judgment over somebody who's bound and addicted maybe. I mean, you know, you got to honor your father and mother. And really I heard one preacher say that the best way to do that is just forgive them. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so David eventually comes and he's anointed. The purpose, he's anointed as the next king over Israel. Samuel the prophet. David really flowing an apostolic anointing. The purpose of David's life. I think it's in the book of Acts. It's in the book of Acts. I'm not prepared to tell you where it is, so you go figure it out. It says something like, When David fulfilled his purposes in the earth, he died. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for me. What was the purpose of David? I'll tell you what the purpose of David was. It was to be in the the, the lineage of Jesus, to be a man after God's own heart, except for the issue with Bathsheba. The purpose of David was to complete the conquest. And he did it. And he set up his son, who failed miserably, but he set up his son in the building of the temple. Does that remind you of anything in particular? It reminds me of John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist, the prophet, the last prophet of the Old Testament. There had been silence for 400 years, and this guy comes on the scene, John the Baptist, and he he prophesies there's one coming whose shoes latch it. I'm not worthy to untie. And the whole job of John the Baptist was to point to Jesus. He's the friend of the bridegroom. And he does that and, in fact, loses his head over it. And so you say, well, what's the point of that? I believe that God has us, and and I think we're going to, I think maybe we're going to go to Matthew 25, so just hold on. God has us in a process to possess the land. And he'll bring, he'll bring those with a prophetic anointing and unction to be able to say, hey, this is what the Lord wants to do. He releases strength. What's the purpose of prophecy? To strengthen and encourage and comfort. So he releases the word of the Lord over you. Why? To strengthen you, to comfort you, and encourage you so that you go out and do what? So that you go out and possess the land. Amen. Now Jesus said it would be better for him to go that he might send another, the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, to stand by. To come to live in your heart and my heart no longer in a temple made by hands but made by 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 god made in the image of god carriers of the glory of god us that's what we're supposed to do so that when we go out into the cars when we go out into the community we can reach out and lay hands on people and see them recover you see the truth as it stands tonight is you do not have to be bound anymore you do not have to be addicted anymore you don't have to be depressed. I mean, you can come in depressed and you can go out with joy. And you can walk in that. You say, how's that? Well, you gotta get forgiven. You gotta get healed. I was gonna preach on generational sin and iniquity called healing your family tree. I've preached on that many times before and, and I had somebody that called me and said that they disagreed with me and the theology that we had of generational curses but actually after we talked, they, I think they ended up believing the same thing, we believe the same thing together. And I'm, I challenge and would encourage you to know what scripture says. Amen. Because there are generational curses. By the way, we decided to change uh, something in, in the commuting, the you know computer community. How many of you know what that little arrow is on your computer? It's called a... We changed it. I know it's spelled different. We're changing. We're going to call it a blesser. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> just put the blesser over there and click away. Right? I don't know why we call it a curse. if it's spelled differently. I don't care. It's just begin to call it a blesser on my computer. On my computer. <laughs> We're in a process by which God has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son and he's forgiven us of all of our sin second Corinthians chapter something says 5 verse 17 I got it praise God says that if any man is in is in Christ he is a what he's a new creation the old is gone and the new has come that was the best news I had ever heard when I heard that I thought yes I want that that's what I want I want all of my past gone I won't like the old me I want to get rid of him and the Lord said yes in fact he's been crucified I'm like, awesome, let him stay dead He says, well, that's your job You're so, You'd have to reckon him dead I was like, okay, Lord Come on, the Apostle Paul said I've been crucified with Christ i no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me some of, you, some of you just You know, it'd be crazy if you went and dug somebody up To play with them, because you missed them But people do that all the time <laughs> Now they are saved, but then they go and play with the dead guy Don't play with the dead Come on, somebody say amen Before we get to Matthew 25 I believe that God has us in a place where we are to finish the conquest of expand. How many of you know if Jesus was here walking the earth? May he, I think he'd probably be done already. Think what they did, just 12 disciples or 120 in the upper room. and How they spread and covered the known world. And then there's you know, so much darkness and, and revelation was lost. But I'll tell you, there's more revelation and truth in the church now than there has been ever in the history of the church. And yet, in in many places, less being done with it. I believe that we're on the very edge of a great breakthrough. You've got to understand who you are. You've got to understand that God has appointed you, John chapter 15, and he selected you to bear forth good fruit. Come on, get, get out there and begin to step up and be the warrior that God's called you to be. Take the land, evict demonic intruders, take, take possession of, of what God said you could have. Real success in God is having what he says you could have, being who he says you could be, and doing what he says you could do. Can you say amen? I believe that we're headed for the greatest revival that we have ever, and it's never even been written about what's headed for us. Come on, Sunday night, look around. Just look around, Sunday night. All right, there's some people here to Sunday night. Praise God. Building's far too small. Praise God for our new facility. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, now you can stand up, take your Bibles. Matthew 25, verse 14. Ready? All rise. We just do that in honor of the word, that's all. Matthew 25, verse 14. Fourteen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. And when he who had received five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And verse 17, Likewise, he who had received two two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of whose servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, So he who had received five talents came, brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Verse 21. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over the few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 22. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight and what you've been doing in our midst. We ask, Lord, for you to give us living understanding in the moments that remain that by your word we will be transformed as you sent forth your word and stand over it to see it performed. It doesn't come back void. So have your will and have your way. Come on, lay hands on your own heart. Ask God to talk to you. Talk to us, God. Come on, just ask God right out loud. Talk to me, Jesus. God will be thanking and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was so blessed, and I am so blessed, about our choir. And uh, I, I want to thank uh, Toby, Brother Toby, and Dee, and all of our choir members, and Minister Micah, and Chanel, and all of you who are laboring. Because I'm watching gifts released through people that otherwise those gifts wouldn't be released. And I realize it's just the, the, the genesis of what I believe God wants to do with the choir. I believe one day we'll have 100 people in a choir. You know, choirs, are, are, uh, they're out. They're, they're really not an in thing for churches, but I think that's ridiculous, so we're just going to have one anyway. It's a great opportunity for people to get plugged in to do something they normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. And, you know, they, it's just passe. They say it's not cool. You need to have smoke and lights on the platform. And, and you know, maybe we'll end up having smoke and lights. I mean, I, I don't know. But God spoke to us to have a choir, and I was so blessed this morning has how they sang and that song of, of saying, yeah, it's, it's well with me and that yes, which really tied into my entire message and we didn't talk or anything, it just tied in, it was beautiful. We look at this text, you see principles of the kingdom revealed. There's principles here of the kingdom of God revealed in the text that we looked at. The master gives his servants talents, the talent is money, but it really can represent any gift that you've been given to you by God. <coughs> the Bible lists numerous gifts. If you want a a categorization of the gifts of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 12 lists the gifts of the Spirit, but also Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Those are the lists of the gifts. And God has given you a gift. God has given you maybe multiple gifts. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. You might think you have none, but it's not true everyone here has a gift. Everyone here has a talent if I can say it that way. Every everyone, everyone. What about the person that's that that's that's uh, special needs? Oh, yeah. listen, you don't have to be around a special needs person long to realize they have some very special gifts. Every single person here, everyone has a gift. You say, not my husband. Yeah, no, he does. He does. So in this, in, this, uh, in this text, we see the master give these gifts, and then he takes off, and he goes on a journey. And it's a picture of how the Lord has gone. gone on a journey. He's ascended, but he's coming back. In the same way that he left, he's coming back. We stand in the tension between the two advents where Jesus Christ took the sin of the world upon himself for all who believe on him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Then he sent the Holy Spirit. He ascended, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm coming back. He's going to split the eastern sky. And so we're in this place where he's left, but we're still here. This is us. This is us right here, being given talents, being given gifts from the Lord. And we're waiting for the Lord's return. And th- this is what the parable is, re- is referring to. And when he returns... What will he find that you've done with your talents? When he returns, what will he find that you've done with the gifts that he's given you? Today, it's a picture of the church of being faithful as we we wait for Christ's return. He's no respecter of person. He gives the same commendation to two who use their gifts. He's not a respecter of persons. Man, it took me a while to figure this out. But the gifts that God gave me, he didn't give you. And the gifts that he gave you, he might not have given me either. And I'm not going to be judged by the gifts that you have. I'm not going to have to give an account for the gifts that Pastor Alex and and, and Sister Shelby have. I don't have to give account for your gifts because I don't have your gifts, but you do. I've been watching God multiply your gifts because you're using them. Praise God. You know, I've found that you could come in the church, brain damaged, brain dead. And if you'll just be faithful and you'll be loyal, God will God will bless you and multiply your giftings and multiply you. You can come with nothing and he will it's called redemption and lift. I talked to you about you guys about that. Redemption and lift. Wherever the gospel comes and people get saved, give their hearts to Jesus, there is a lifting of their economy, there's a lifting of, of health, there's a lift there's a lift that comes physically, financially, spiritually, and in every other way. It's why it's called the good news. It's called the gospel. We have the opportunity to multiply what God's given us. But for the one who didn't do anything, they stood in judgment. Listen, Jesus didn't share parables just so we could have a cute little talk on a Sunday night. He shared parables to open our eyes to the truth. And that through the opening of our eyes that we would actually respond and live in such a way so that we won't be disappointed on the day. There's a day. There's a day that's coming for you, for me, for all of us, whether it be when he splits the eastern sky or when you breathe your last and you go to meet him. There's a day coming where all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's a very special day. Come on, someone say, Jesus, Jesus. help me to be be faithful with what you've given me you got to be faithful in the little things first. You know, we demean God when we don't use our gifts. We demean him. We consider it's, 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 it's like worth nothing. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and they just didn't really like it? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, thanks, another tie. You know what I mean? It's like, awesome. You ever given a gift to somebody and maybe it was special to you, but to them it was not so special? Well, you can really get you can really hurt somebody's feelings when you do that, and I'm convinced that I've done that to the Lord before, and I'm convinced that we've done that. Got to recognize that that being alive right now, breathing right now, is a gift from God, and you have to see it as a very special opportunity. It's a it's a privilege. If you go to Psalm ninety, and I I talked about this on Saturday, Psalm ninety. I believe it's verse 12. Let me get there. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God wants us to understand that there, there's, you've been given time. Every one of us have 24 hours in a day. Every single person here has the same amount of time in a day. And the psalmist, which is actually Moses, said, so teach us to number our days. You can get so driven to to do something that you can actually forget that every day is precious. Every day is a gift. Listen, you're not promised tomorrow. If you're alive right now, you ought to thank God. But you're not promised tomorrow. And if you live long enough, you realize that there are people that just, my gosh, they're dead. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you get the call. I mean, now as I'm, you know, I'm been in ministry a while. My phone rings. And sometimes, you know, it's a number in the middle of the night. It's one of my pastors or something. I just go, oh, come on, Jesus. I'll just start praying in spirit. Answer the phone. Yeah. And I'm just waiting because somebody's died. Generally. Why is that? Because you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. But you have this moment right here. You're like that's kind of morbid. I know, I know, but it's true. It's true. And we forget that we just keep, you know, pressing to get the money, pressing to get the house, pressing to get the, you know, pressing to get the promotion, pressing to get the thing, pressing to get the stuff, pushing on, if I could just do this, and I'm going to do this thing. And then listen, I'm going to tell you, you're not even promised another day. Plan like he's not, you know, plan like he's not coming in your lifetime, but live like he could come at any moment it's a privilege to 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 be alive and to to be a part of the church to be saved it's a great privilege come on you get to go to church you don't have to go you get to go you get to pray you're allowed you don't have to of course you'd be busted disgusted and all messed up if you don't but i mean you have the privilege of being able to pray you have the privilege of being able to give, to do something in the earth that, that affects the heavenlies and even brings his kingdom, even the completing of the conquest, the taking over of the planet for Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. What a privilege. They took their talents and they, they did something with them and I've found this, that you will grow by getting involved. If you don't grow, here's this beautiful little girl. She's involved right now. What's up? She's learning. She's, she's grabbing things. She's learning to walk, and she's putting it all together. Do you know what would happen? Well, you've seen it. You ever seen the parent? Don't raise your hand if it's you. You ever seen the parent that constantly carries their kid? I mean, they don't put the kid down. The kid ends up like this, bow-legged. Here, you want to see that? Let me Here, here you go. It's because the kids' legs have been around mama's hips for so long and don't even know how to walk by the time they're one. I've seen that. Listen, I've seen that. That's, 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 that's not good. But when babies are involved and babies are allowed to do things, they begin to groan. Like crying. That's good. It's good vocal cord development. Right. You know, if you're trying to help a caterpillar Caterpillar in a cocoon, trying to help it out of its cocoon. Wrong, you'll kill it. Why? The the struggle causes the. You like that? (laughs) Thought I was manifesting for a second. It's okay, praise God. (laughs) The struggle causes the fluid to go into the caterpillar's wings. And if you try to help a caterpillar out, you will kill the butterfly. Caterpillars don't have wings. You know what I'm saying? Butterfly coming out, butterfly. In fact, the word is metamorphosis, right? The transformation, the scientific transformation that takes place. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 2. The word is metamorpho. the root of metamorphosis. Listen, it takes, it takes some work to get the junk out of your mind. you got to learn to think differently. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. you got to learn to think differently. As you get involved... Something happens. There's a multiplication that takes place. And that's what these two, the one guy had five talents, he does something with them. The other person had two, he does some, both of them multiply. Both of them actually get a doubling. See, some of you are not walking in the kind of favor and blessing that God wants for you because you're not using what God's given you. Well, I'm going to encourage myself. Preach, pastor. Preach it. Preach it, pastor. Come on, somebody say revive. That's a word for 2015. That's what God wants to do. He wants to revive us so that we would begin to use our gifts. And maybe we've been hurt, we used our gifts before, but we got slapped down or something went wrong. It's a great joy of privilege of being able to do something for the Lord. You grow when you get involved. You will grow. And there is the law of reaping and sowing. To him who has more will be given. There's a, there's a law of reaping and sowing. And we can come under God's judgment if you look at the text with us. We can come under God's judgment because we do nothing. And it's interesting uh, what it's interesting what the text says. The guy that gets to one talent says, Oh, I knew you were hard. Verse 24. Him who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. Is the Lord a hard man? Yes or no? You better say no. Amen. Don't come. Let me come and lay hands on you right now. He is not hard. He is gracious. He is patient. He is long-suffering. He is good. God is altogether lovely. He's beautiful. He's marvelous. He's majestic. He's powerful. And you are the object of His love. He's not hard. Many people have attributed actually what belongs to Satan to God. And, and that which belongs to religion and tradition and lame leadership to God. But God is not like that. God is for you. He's not against you. And though the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise up a standard against him. God is your, is your protector. He's your provider. He's your everything. He's your all in all. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Come on, somebody say hallelujah in the house of God. Yeah, he's not hard. This guy thinks God's hard. He has a distortion about who God is. And I will tell you, if you have a distorted picture of who God is, then you, well, you're you in trouble. You, you need to have no distortions. Well, how do I do that? You get into the Word. You learn the Word. You teach your kids the Word. You, and, and you stay in fellowship. Amen. And you stay accountable. You connect with people that have healthy, productive, fruit-bearing lives. And you stay away from stupid. This poor soul in the parable says that the Lord is hard. He goes on to say that I was afraid. You know, fear can rob you. Fear can rob you. Don't, 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 you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a different kind of fear. The fear that, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Or fear of the unknown, fear of failure. You know, when I was, uh, I'm going to tell you a qu- quick story. Maybe it won't be so quick, but I'm going to tell you a story anyway. <laughs> when I was in high school, it was my senior year. And I was one of the, I was one of the starting linebackers. And, um, and I loved that sport, man. I just loved hitting people. Can did anybody else give me a whoa? Uh. You know what I'm talking about. I love playing sports. I love full, con- I love full contact church. I love full contact sports too. And, um, and we had a new coach that year. Coach Oreo was his name. <laughs> coach Oreo. And, um, and he was huge. He had played some pro ball, played all through, played at Texas A&M or something, went on to pro ball for a little bit. And he came to be one of the teachers at our school. And the guy was a giant. Uh, I mean, he seemed like a giant to me. He's probably 6'2", 6'3", solid 300, you know, big, big linemen. And I remember him grabbing me by the face mask and saying to me, Bracken, I'm going to get everything you got on the inside of you. I'm going to get out of you this year. I'm going to make you a real ball player, son. You got it. And he pushed me back, and I thought, oh, what does that mean? Jesus, help me right now, right? (laughs) It was, it was hell week, which is what we used to call it because it was very similar, I think, to a hell experience in that they would run us until we could not run anymore. And we would do these things called cornfields. We had blisters on top of blisters, and we did two-a-days, three-a-days, and all you did was do practice all... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All you did is do practice every day, all day, for a solid week and a half. And I got through a hell week, and this guy had absolutely been picking on me. And, and I was improving, and he was getting out of me what I didn't know I had in me. And I remember there was this one practice where he, he said I could hit harder. And I said, man, that's everything I got. And he said, no, it isn't. And uh, we lined up, and he, he came against me, and the, I was playing tackle, as I recall. And so he lined up on me, no pads. And I wasn't like a little high school, you know, I was, I was a strong senior kind of person. And this guy just pummeled me into the ground, play after play after play after play. And, and really, I got, to, I got to the place where I was breaking. It was hitting a place of woundingness in me where I just I couldn't take it no more. And really I was a broken young man on the inside and it started hitting that place of failure. And finally, I told him I quit. I threw my, threw my helmet on the ground and I walked away from a potential, you know, all-star year for me and I walked away. He said, you'll be back. And I said, ha ha ha. You obviously don't know this hard head. I didn't go back. I walked off the field. And I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna join cross country a little heavy for cross country I talked to the cross country coach and said I just want to run I'm going to run can I run he said well, this is going to be your best year for football what are you going to do that for he said, oh, I just feel like I want to run I'm sure the coaches talked you know I don't know but they let me run and somehow I mean I ran like a Clydesdale <laughs> Very, they, they, in fact the coach said you are the most unorthodox runner I think I've ever seen but I had heart. Somehow, I just had like the, I don't know if it's from the fighting Irish or whatever. I just wasn't into quitting ever. And and uh, you knock me down, I'm getting up. and I'm gonna get up again. I'm gonna get up again. I'm gonna get up. Again, gonna get it. Just God put fight in me like that. I just what, quitting was like a that's a four letter curse word. Quit. So I joined the joined the, the 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 cross country team, and I began to run. And I I was finishing way behind, but I started losing weight, and I started eating right. And I started getting faster, started getting faster and faster. And before I know it, I was moving up the ranks of the cross-country team. And, and then we had, a, we had this big race. It was a, a tri-state championship. And I had been doing okay during the school year, the tri-state championship. I don't know. I just got a wild hair. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I worked myself up. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win the whole thing, I mean, which is impossible. Some of those people had hollowed out bones, and they're like birds. <laughs> And there's just no way that you could, you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You just can't catch up with a hollow bird legged person. They just, they breathe through their nose doing sub five minute miles. I mean, I don't even know what that is. I didn't have that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, what, what, what kind of a superhuman is that? But I got in my mind that I was going to win. And I ran like my life depended on it. And I didn't win. But I came in 13th, and it, which it was an extreme achievement. I fell and passed out over the, over the finish line. And I remember my coach pulling me off the ground, and he said to me, what was that? And I know what it was. It was like an anointing. It was, it was like an enablement that came from the Holy Spirit. I look back on it, and I remember the feeling of what that felt like. I feel that when I preach sometimes. It was something that God put in me that I was going to win that stinking thing, so help me God. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I felt like I was going to die. I remember turning this corner, and they had that Rocky music was big back then. It's like like 1950-something. <laughs> <laughs> da-da-da, da-da-da. I was like... <gasps> anyway, anyway, you get the picture pulled me off the ground and he said, what was that, son? I said, I just couldn't talk and I was sick and I'd have thrown up and the whole thing. I mean, it was all, it was done. And I remember him walking me to the van. I remember him talking to the other coach saying, this kid's got something I hadn't seen in a while and he brought me he put me in the van. I became the number one cross-country runner because the other, the, 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 the bird guy that was ahead of me, he got gotten sick and somehow I became the number one varsity cross-country runner and I was like, yeah, coach, the football coach, ah, you that i was such a rebellious jerk jesus help me god thank god for the blood come on somebody say amen, amen. and this big race came and he said Son, you can win it you can win it you just run like you did i'll tell you when to, you've got great kick at the end i'll tell you when to kick that thing in we'll tell you when So I start running and and we're running. We do this course and I get to this place. Now, by the time I get to the point when I'm supposed to kick, I'm supposed to give it everything I got. There was somebody there and they're like, go Bracken, now. And I would sprint, you know, I get to that place. I was so exhausted that I just in my mind, I didn't think I could do it. And it came time for kick, you know, to turn on the heat. You don't know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like sports stuff. I started running. I blew past the runners. And in my mind, I couldn't handle winning. I had this, it was like a demonic assignment of unworthiness that came over me. And I I couldn't imagine finishing the race. I couldn't imagine winning. And, And I couldn't imagine finishing. And so I tripped myself and threw myself on the ground and came in last place. And I remember jogging across the finish line, coming in last, and everybody clapping, oh yeah, he fell, but he got up. Yeah, here he comes. Yeah, but they didn't know that actually I sabotaged my entire thing, myself. Because I was afraid. I was afraid that, that I wasn't worthy. I had, this, I had this lie about me that I wasn't worthy of winning anything. And I had a list of reasons why that was. And I watched that pattern Work in my life, my whole life, until I got set free. Now, what am I saying in application? Some of you have a distorted picture about who God is, and you have a fear about who you are or who you aren't. You've got to get healed. The truth is what should motivate you, one of the things that should motivate you is that you're going to have to give an account before God in the end, and so will I. Don't bury your gift. Don't be, don't be gripped with distortion and gripped with fear. Don't be selfish and, and bury your gift in the world either, by the way. Some of you, some, there's some people that have gifts. They're singing. They can sing. They can do songs. They can write music. But actually, it was supposed to be for the kingdom. Does everybody hear me up in here? It was supposed to be for the kingdom of God. But it wasn't for the kingdom. They started using it for the world. They used their gift for the world, but it was supposed to be used for the kingdom. They, they, they buried their gift in the world instead of using it for the glory of God. And you have gifts. We have gifts. Every one of us have gifts. We've shown that. We've proven that. It's true. Use your gift for the glory of God. And you can use it in marketplace. You can bring the glory of God into the marketplace. Also, Minister Micah, would you come to the front, please? You can use it in the marketplace also. Yes, but bringing his kingdom in the marketplace for the glory of God. If you don't use what you have, you will lose it. Let me say that to this side. If you don't use the gifts you have, you could very well lose them. Say that's not biblical. Oh, it's absolutely biblical. And furthermore, it's not just in this age. It's in the one to come. There's an age that we're we're living for. There's one to come. You've been faithful in the little things I'll make you ruler over much. He's talking about There's a millennial reign of Christ. This isn't it. You know, this is a test. Come on, everybody say, I'm going to use what God's given me. All right, ask yourself some specific questions now. What do you want to do? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? What is in your heart to do for God? Think about that for a second. Maybe you're drawn to help orphans. Maybe when you see orphans, you hear about orphans, you're like, oh. Maybe it's a youth. Maybe when you see youth, remember what it was like to be somebody who's confused with all their synapses not connecting, and you remember that. And you're like, oh, I want to help them. They need help. And so you have a burden to help youth, or maybe it's children. You you remember what it's like. Maybe in your home, or maybe you had a, a relative or somebody that didn't have a mom or didn't have a dad, and you you want to help maybe it's children. You want to use your talents. You gotta ask yourself this question: what do you want to do? What's in your heart to do? What do you like to do? That's one way to, to let the Lord lead you in getting involved in something in the church. So I like to fight. Okay, we well, might need to be healed of that. Amen. Praise God ask this question, where do you bear the most fruit? Where do you bear the most fruit? I mean, when you when you get involved and you start serving, where is the most fruit that comes? Well, what, how's God using you now, John, in your life, in your family? Where are you bearing fruit? That could be an indication of some of the gifts that you have. I remember somebody uh, saying to me, Pastor, you know what You know what we need? We need this and this. I'm like, awesome. God's speaking to you, I think. You know, many times you'll see a need. That's the Holy Spirit actually speaking to you to get involved to meet it. Let me say that again. If you see a need, it could very well be that God has spoken to you actually to meet the need. And that's why he showed it to you. Come on, don't be pointing the fingers and saying, oh, that person should do that. Maybe, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should get plugged in, get involved, and begin to do a ministry that we don't even have before. A couple new to our church, they have a desire to do a thing called healing rooms. I've wanted to do that for years, just really don't know how to get that started. Didn't really have the leadership to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. How are you going to do it? I don't know. We're working it out. They said, we have this desire to be used to st- in, in the, you know, these healing rooms. You heard that? Yeah. Great. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had, we had some rooms that were open during the week where if you need healing, you could come in, somebody pray over you, you get healed. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, I desire to have a church that never closes. I don't think the church should ever close. I think it should always be open. How stupid it is to have a building and you meet once on a Sunday? That's brain damage. That's like a waste of money. Who would, come on, would you Would you build a house and sleep in it one night a week? Would you? No, no, you sleep in your house every night. We're gonna build a church, I believe God is calling us to build a church that never closes. 24 hours a day, seven day a week prayer, can you say amen? Healing rooms that are open where people can come, where in the middle of the night, a, a teenager who's pregnant, their parents don't know and they don't know what to do and they have, they have some, some foolish thing telling them that they should go and get an abortion and they sit there at night going, ah. Oh. But then they think, that church that never closes, there's people there that pray. I'm going to go get some help. And they they go and they walk in and they can have somebody intercede and pray for them at 3 in the morning. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a place that never closed? That's where we're headed. That is where we're headed. We're wearing this building out, praise the Lord. That's what you should do. the last thing I want to say don't hide your talent in the ground use what God's given you and please everybody say please be willing to start small because that's how God does stuff small and insignificant in the eyes of men builds you, builds character. He puts in you faithfulness and loyalty. And small becomes a little bigger. And that, if you're faithful with that, He gives you more. And if you're faithful with that, He gives you more. So that when it's all said and done, you hear before the throne, well done, thou good and faithful. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, just begin to talk to the Lord tonight. Come on, Minister Michael. Shonda Shondaland. <laughs> Worship team, come on. I know you. We're gonna get it. We're gonna find it. I'm sure we can use the gifts and talents that he has given us better. I know I can. not How about you? Okay, let's ask God to forgive us. Praise God. First, John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would forgive us now for where we've not been wise with what you have given us. Lord, we've even despised at times a day of small beginnings have hidden our gifts in the, t- in the ground or in the, in the world. Lord, we don't want to do that anymore. We're asking that you would use us, that you would release the giftings and talents, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this body, that people would be quickened tonight, that we would be quickened by your Spirit to use the gifts and the things that you've given to us, the gift of hospitality, business giftings, Spiritual giftings. We'd not hide them in the world. We'd use them for the kingdom of God. We'd not despise them. We'd rejoice. We'd find a need and we'd meet it. We'd get involved. Lord, show us where we should get involved. Come on, ask God to show you right now. Show us where we're to get involved. Some of you are like, if I get involved in one more thing, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, well, maybe you're plugged in. Maybe you're doing it. Maybe you're not. And you ask God, where should I get involved? In? We'd I'm sorry, Minister Chris. Do we need help, Minister Chris? Come here. Don't come, come all the way up here. Do Do we need help in children's ministry? Yes, of course. And And do we need help in the nursery? Oh yes. We, do we need help in every Every one of your your department and everything? Tell them preschool, nursery, and uh, first through sixth grade. Yeah. Granted, it's it, it's not. You know, if you just walked in, and, you know, you got to apply. I mean, you know, there's there's people that should be in children's ministry. There's background checks. Some of you thankful for that, Amen. Yeah, I'm right. So, but we we need people in Children's ministry. Pastor Alex, come here. We need help with with uh, with youth ministry. Here, come to the side. We need help in youth ministry. Absolutely. We always
2: need. Help, right? We always need always need help.
0: Yeah. You know what? Some of the people think that. Well, I see a lot of people up there helping. Yeah, no kidding. But there's there's need for more. Why? Because there's always more to do. Minister Micah. Reverend Pisoni. Do you need help in music ministry? Absolutely. Really? I mean, I'm, I'm, I see a stage pretty full tonight. Isn't this enough? Uh, no. No? How about choir? Brother Brother Toby, do we need help? Yes, sir. We need more people in choir. You got more room up there? Yes, sir. There's room. How, how, about, how, about, how about in our small groups? We need help with small groups? I, I see Primrose and uh, Pioneer over here, or KC Primrose. Can you need help over there? I remember Minister Tim saying this to me when he first came in. He was on the soundboard. He said, I, I just, they wouldn't let me do anything over at that other place that I came from. I just couldn't get involved. They had all kinds of professional people, and I just couldn't find I couldn't, I wanted to be in sound, but they wouldn't let me. They said, I have enough sound people. I'll tell you something, we don't have enough sound people, and we never will. We could have 50 sound people. Isn't that right? You <laughs> have to have, be especially gifted to run sound. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> come on lift your hands all across this place come on ask God to show you we need more greeters we need more ushers isn't that right Edna our greeters alright ushers where's Pat Pat here we need more ushers Pat yeah we do we need a whole lot more there's tons of work to be done and when you find a place to serve oh, oh, oh hold on my second Let me tell you what I learned. That when I would start, I I heard this and I thought, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to give it a shot. They said, if you'll just start serving, then they'll come upon you, a corresponding anointing. Now, let me tell you what that means. They'll come upon you, a God enablement to do that. And it won't lift off of you when you go out into the, into the school, when you go to your job, that, that. presence of the lord to serve him like that will stay on you when you go out there and i said wow that's awesome i want to try that and i did it and i watched the i watched god come on me as i served in church i went out and began to get elevated in every single job i no longer got fired i started getting elevated i started getting promoted literally every job i would go to I just go right up the ladder, get raises, promotions, bonuses, tips, all kinds of stuff. I'm in all kinds of crazy favor everywhere I went. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I would take another step of responsibility, and there would come another level of His power to be able to do that. And it had every, you know what God's reward for a job well done is more work. But come in, come on, praise the Lord. But with more work comes more anointing and more enablement, more empowerment. And if you'll maintain that relationship with Jesus, there'll come more intimacy somebody say amen and he'll multiply the gifts that you have come on, if you can use
1: if you can use anything Lord, you can use me
0: over if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure whether if you were to die that heaven would be your home you want to give your heart to Jesus you want your sins forgiven when you die you want heaven to be your home you you want to be washed you want to be cleansed you believe that Jesus died for you and rose again for you but you've never made a decision to repent and ask him to forgive you to come and be your, be your Lord to be your savior it's repentance you've got to turn from your old life towards him And then he comes and makes you brand new. This is the picture of our precious sisters that got baptized tonight. It's the outward sign of what's taking place on the inside, that all your sins are washed or underneath the blood. And you come up as a resurrected, brand new person. You want a new life. You want to trade in your old one. You want your sins forgiven. You want heaven to be your home. All across this place, those on the podcast, those listening on the World Wide Web, if that's you, be serious about it, for real. You want to get right with God on the count of three. Slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. Raise your hand if that's you. You want to get right with God. Anyone all across this place? God bless you all the way in the back. God bless us. See that hand, son. Anybody else serious about getting right with God? God bless you, sweetheart. Come on, pray with us. Say right out, just right out loud, whether you raise your hand or not, just mean it from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Just lift your hands. A universal sign of surrender. Just surrender to Him right now. Holy Spirit, I pray. Touch. Come on, don't worry about your neighbor. Focus on God. Come on, in the end, nobody's going to be standing next to you, but you. Don't worry about the opinions of somebody else. Like a mighty rushing wave of wind, Lord, come right now. Touch every heart. Heal. Bless. Fill. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you get something from the Lord tonight? Take someone by the handle, won't you? Pastor Alex, would you come and close us?
2: Come on, pray for your neighbor tonight. Let our voice. Father, we thank you tonight for that which you've spoken to us. God, may we bind it around our neck. Write it on the tablet of our heart, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would walk out this, this word that we've heard, Lord. That we'd use that which you've given us for your glory, honor, and praise. And that we'd not hold it. We'd not bury it. We'd not hide it. We'd not hold back with fear, Lord. But we'd step forward, Lord. And we would do that which you've called us to. We take advantage of the gifts and the talents that you've given us. We want to use it for your glory, honor, and praise, Lord. So open the door for us. Lord, even that thing that you've spoken to us already, may we go forward and do that, Lord, without fear, Lord, but with confidence that you're going to use us. I thank you, Lord, for every person here tonight, Lord, as they go to their jobs, as they go to their families. I ask that you would anoint them, God, for the task at hand and that which they may have Come up, Lord. I pray that you'd give them the strength to overcome, the strength to persevere. Lord, that you'd bless them and you'd cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken.